I sit in a cubicle and I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What's that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software and uh, to save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four. So like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code and... Uh, Nostalgia? We're all gonna die. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> Let's take a look. Nostalgia, another fabulous week of another fabulous podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We apologize for the week of absence. Uh, ben was hacking a lung and couldn't talk um, due to having a Doritos nacho <laughs> chip lodged in his throat. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? It, it was rough. It was a rough week, man. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're feeling better, though. Yeah, yeah, finally got it. I ended up having to... Uh, Go have the Dorito surgically removed. So surgically removed, yes. But he still ate it afterwards. Well, yeah. I'm like you gonna? I asked the doctor, you gonna finish that? <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking amazing. It's so good to be back, though, man. Uh, glad you're feeling better. We are back with episode 84. We're gonna be talking about the Y2K problem or the year 2000 switch or bug whatever you'd like to call it but uh, the thing that drove yeah the apocalypse <laughs> pretty much the thing that drove so many people mad in the 90s coming into the 2000s they thought that everything was going to shut down nothing was going to work banks were going to fail stock exchange was going to just disintegrate and everybody was going to just buy all the bread and milk and we were going to live in bunkers for the rest of our entire lives that's what we're going to be talking about today and how ridiculous it is and that we're actually still living in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what's this, up, man? How, how, this this whole thing is just... Looking back on it, like, yes, we were alive at this time, but it's one of those things to where we were, we were so young that we... Obviously, we don't remember much, if any, of this happening. And so... Looking back on it, you know, knowing what we know now, it's just kind of like, really, people were people were worried about this. Yeah, um, it it cracks me <laughs> up. <laughs> I know. Like if you if you just search for Y two K problem, there's like news stories and stuff like that saying how everything's just going to crash, and the entire world is just going to be a blackout. Yeah, and then like that's all like 1998, 1999, especially late 1999 all those articles are dated. And then after that, there's like almost nothing because it just kind of fizzled out into nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. We're actually all right. <laughs> there's people like, like, you know, the, the same people we still get nowadays were like the, on the street corner, the end is coming. The end is coming. <laughs> yeah. I know. And then the next day, you know, they're nowhere to be seen. Like, <laughs> Imagine that. They must not have made it. <laughs> yeah, the only people affected by this whole thing were the people right, right, who were freaking right. out. <laughs> I love it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, well, without further ado, um, I guess time to move on. But we did want to give a shout out to um, some brand new friends that we've made out there on the Twitter pages, the Twitter 
Uh, thank you guys so much for giving us a shout out and following us as well as the retweet group. Be sure to check them out. Follow us on Twitter at young underscore nostalgia um, titled the young nostalgia podcast. We'll be on there with all updates of our recent episodes as well as our good friends that we made out there. Be sure to check them out. Let's get into episode 84, man. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Episode 84, the Y2K problem, the year 2000 problem, also known as the Y2K, the Millennium Bug, Y2K Bug, the Y2K Glitch, or just Y2K, if you can put that all in a little bit of a nutshell. Uh, That's what it refers to, and it refers to the events related to the formatting and storage of calendar data for dates beginning in the year 2000, uh, mainly computer systems. Problems were anticipated, and some actually did arise, but not to the effect that people anticipated, because many programs represented four-digit years with only the final two digits, such as the year 2000 being represented as 00, but the computers not knowing you know, how to program that kind of thing, they would think it actually is the year 1900. Um, Companies and organizations in some countries throughout the world, but not all, checked, fixed, and upgraded their computer systems to address the anticipated problem. Um, And when the date actually did occur, very few problem um, computer failures were reported within clocks being not rolled over to the year 2000 and occurred mainly due to no corrective action taken beforehand on long-running rollover data such as uh, banks, um, kind of a lot of um, data entry kind of forms, that kind of stuff was seen glitching out, but it was an easy enough fix that nothing nothing ended the world totally. Yeah, and it, it, it did, you said bank, uh, bank issues, and that did seem to be pretty much um, the extent of, of most of the problems were banking-related, especially in... Uh, smaller countries overseas that didn't necessarily uh, follow through with any sort of corrective measures. Um, right. And it was it was not even, from my understanding, it was not anything even super critical as far as issue goes. I think it was, it was like uh, some bank cards or something like that, and it, it depended on which dates the cards were active and that sort of thing, where some of them ended up being um, not usable for a short period of time. But right, right, and even that, then, I mean, not that big of a deal. Right, yeah, grocery stores didn't just blow up and cease to exist. Right, so I love it. All right, man, why don't you kick us off into the background of why the Y two K problem was such a big deal, <laughs> leading up to year two thousand, <laughs> January first, two thousand. Okay, so the year two thousand problem was uh, the subject of an early book, Computers in Crisis. Uh, by Jeremy and Marilyn Murray under the title uh, The Year 2000 Computing Crisis in 1996. Well, like, even then, they're starting to use words of, like, crisis. You know, it's almost just like a self-imbued problem where it's like nobody knows what this is actually going to be. You know, computers can always be manipulated, but people are going to say crisis or disaster you know what i mean i mean oh yeah it's blowing it up in people's minds when you hear the words it's like we're gonna die it's gonna be crazy well i mean it's we've seen it several times throughout the course of history where you know we take something super small that may or may not even be an actual issue and let's blow it way out of proportion so we can sell books we can make 
<laughs> sell uh, books. TV shows out of it. We can, you know, basically use it for marketing um, and scare everyone into thinking that, you know, the something bad's going to happen when in reality it may or may not actually be that bad, but it's just a way of making money. Right, right. <clears throat> Capitalism. Exactly. So Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you're, you know, <laughs> fall into it, then you fall into it. So it is what it is. Uh, the first recorded mention of the year 2000 problem on a Usenet news group occurred on the 18th of January, 1985, actually, um, by poster Spencer Bowles. Uh, the problem started because on both mainframe computers and eventually later personal computers, storage was extremely expensive. Um, at certain points, it was as low as about $10 per kilobyte um, to up to, in most cases, as much or more than $100 per kilobyte. Um, Which is nuts because we spend like 70 bucks on a two terabyte hard drive that's portable and can be used on any computer system possible. Yeah, and, and it's and not and for that not that much more. Uh, well, you can step that up from an actual spinning hard drive to solid state. So, not only right. is it a ton of storage, um, but it is far superior to all other forms of storage as well. Um, so, a hundred dollars per. I mean, what do you think now? You, I mean, you can go to Walmart right now and buy. I am one hundred percent sure on the clearance rack there are two gigabyte hard drives or uh sorry two gigabyte flash drives on the rack for 9.99 a piece nine dollars that's and 99 cents a piece nine dollars <laughs> yes and i know oh, that because God. i have a zillion of them in a bag somewhere because i cleaned out the clearance rack one time Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it, you know, it's crazy how how expensive the storage used to be and now how relatively speaking how cheap it is now right so anyway, back back on topic here. Um, it was therefore very important for programmers to reduce the overall storage, and so this is kind of we see a lot of uh, a lot of shortcuts and shorthand uh, taken to compress the data down as much as possible. Um, since programs could simply prefix nineteen to the year of a date. Most programs internally used or stored on disk tape or any other type of uh, data files uh, where the date format was six digits in the form of month, month, day, day, year, year. Um, And so this is kind of what Nolan was talking about a little bit earlier to where they didn't because it was going to be the 1900s for quite a while longer. Let's not worry about the prefix of the year. Let's just worry about the last two digits. So 1999 would have been uh, written as 99. 1982 would have been written as 82. Um, So as as space on disk and tape was also expensive, this also saved money by reducing the size of stored data files uh, on stored data files and databases. Um, there was the issue started popping up when some programs were not designed to be able to distinguish between the year 2000 and 1900. Um, other programs tried to represent the year 2000 as they thought internally it was uh, basically 19100. So 19100, they would be carrying the 1999 to 100. 
uh, rather than rolling it forward to 2000. Which is awesome. I don't know what it is, but that just makes me smile. It just does. seeing the, <laughs> it does the 19100. Be- it is. It does because that's not what I would have thought of as a problem at all. I'm thinking, oh, okay, it must right. be the rollover to 2000, something about the larger date, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, I would. Right. I never would have expected a computer program to just not roll it up to 2000 at all, but just go to 19100, which is right. pretty funny. Well, it, it just blows my mind that they kind of... I mean, I know there's a lot of background coding to this kind of thing, but they didn't they didn't just have the computer count, mm-hmm. like count up. Like the year to be able to count up is, I feel like, the easiest out of it all. But obviously there's coding behind it with like leap years and things like that for computers to, um, you know, break down and understand. Right. So and that- So I get it, but it's like, isn't it easy just to count up? Yeah, you're right, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, but you brought up a good point about leap years and stuff that's not always the same because it's this makes it very evident that these programs weren't they weren't counting up at all. It was more of a if this, then this, and once this date is done, then you move to this date, then you move to this date. It was programmed for every single date, right? Rather than like you were saying, counting up, and so um, there had whether it was caught, whether it was known about or not right off the rip. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show. You know, if you, if you're going to design a system to work this way, I just wonder why it wasn't caught beforehand. (laughs) You know, you would think that in the development phase of this, that someone would have thought like, Hey, you know, what happens when we get to the year 2000? Like, well, what the what does system. it matter? We're not going to make it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, or was that even the thought price? Like, well, that now that you brought that up, that's probably what was thought about is, okay, we're designing this system now. Technology is going to move forward so fast that we might not even be using this system in 10 right. years from now. So we probably right. don't I have mean, to worry we, about it. We were supposed to have flying cars by that time. Oh, yeah, that is, that's very true. <laughs> They're probably thinking, oh, well, this will never last for more than you know, the next five years or so. So we'll have something right. new and we'll, t- we'll worry about it then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where we left off, uh, represent the year 2000 as 1900. Uh, this could cause a complete failure and cause date comparisons to produced incorrect results. Um, some embedded systems making use of similar date logic were expected to fail and cause utilities and other crucial infrastructures to fail. Um, and this is, this is from John Hammer, United States Deputy Secretary of Defense, quote, uh, the Y2K problem is the electronic equivalent of the El Nino and there will be nasty surprises around the globe, unquote. (laughs) The Deputy Secretary (laughs) of Defense, everybody. (laughs) Holy cow. You know, you know, something like that, something as, as hard hitting as a quote as that from, like the United States Deputy Secretary of Defense. I mean, I'm sure that I don't have the actual date that this was uh, this was quoted on, but I would imagine this was uh, extremely uh, impactful on the overall thought process behind you know every this whole movement taking off. Absolutely. <clears throat> so. Um, I'll kind of wrap up this last point here before moving to the next section. Uh, 
Special committees were set up by governments to monitor remedial work and contingency planning, particularly by crucial infrastructures such as uh, telecommunications, utilities, uh, and other things similar to that, um, to ensure that most critical services had fixed their own problems and were prepared for problems uh, integrating with other systems. I love it that they had like subcommittees, like there was special people and goals and, and agendas set mm-hmm. to make sure that all of this worked. I mean, I feel like in hindsight, it was probably for the best. Because I mean, with we'll get into the problems that did arise with things that you know happened or wasn't fixed beforehand, and it did cause some problems. And I feel like if they weren't a little bit proactive, it could have been a lot worse. Exactly. So honestly, I mean, the, the world wasn't going to end, but it definitely would have caused a lot of people a lot of headaches yeah i mean and we're making jokes about this and stuff and they're but looking back on it the the potential for something bad to actually happen it it was there it's not like it was any of this was totally unfounded and and you know and not possible at all there definitely was opportunities for issues um, right that were that could have been that could have been pretty bad but kind of going back to the the agencies and stuff i think Unless I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure almost every, if not every, department um, of the United States government, not only was there an overall committee for dealing with this problem, but every department had its own subcommittee um, that their sole job was to work with all the other departments and make sure everyone was on the same page. Right, right. Don't you? I just love it. A whole bunch of bureaucracy of people. I was just going to say bureaucracy at its finest. Yep. (laughs) That cracks me up. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Moving on to um, prior programming problems before the Y2K switch, as well as some problems that have arised afterwards. Um, It's kind of like, I wouldn't say a common thing, but it's a thing that can happen at any time. Usually we're not that affected by it, so that's why a lot of it's not really talked about. But uh, check this out. Um, there was a big problem uh, not foreseen on 9-9-1999, even before the 1st of January 2000 arrived. There was also some worries about 9 of September 1999 because the date could also be written in the numeric format 9-9-99, um, which could have conflicted with the date value of 9999, which is frequently used as a quote-unquote unknown date in a computer code. So really, 9999 never actually existed. Could have never existed because the computer would have read it as, oh no, this is just some ambiguous date code, like insert date here kind of thing. Exactly. So, you know, if someone was filling out a form and like, well, we're not really sure on this date yet, they would enter 9999. And that was read by the computer as, hey, don't put anything on that date because it's not an actual date. And so, yeah, that definitely that I mean, definitely was some opportunity for issues on that as well. Uh, Absolutely. Once that date came around and and computers would they I mean, basically would just wouldn't know how to handle it. Right. I don't know if we're prepared for nine nine twenty ninety nine. Are we, we going to have to like go through this uh, <laughs> all over every hundred years? Or I guess it'd be more accurately. It'd be uh, every thousand years. Uh, right. Right. People are going to it's oh, going to be so long in between that they're, they're all going to everyone's going to forget about everything. 
<laughs> but then every millennium after this is people are going to be freaking out. Right. Oh God. That cooks me up. Um, so kind of like what we talked about before in terms of leap years for computer programming, uh, normally a year is a leap year if it is evenly divisible by four. So this is kind of what the computer process is and why the year 2000 could have been a problem. A year divisible by 100, however, is not a leap year in the Gregorian calendar unless it is also divisible by 400. And so that's what kind of arose because the back programming of dates in computers are relying on the Gregorian calendar. So when that's not applied correctly with the year 2000, they thought everything was just going to go to hell. So, <laughs> Right, like all these programming oversights are just like popping up left and right and everyone's like, oh no, we're going to fix all of this know, before it happens. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, crazy. Some systems, some systems also had problems once the year rolled over to 2010. This was dubbed by some in the media as the Y2K plus 10 or Y2.01K problem. Um, occurrences of such a glitch were in Germany, where upwards of 20 million bank cards became unusable with the Citibank Belgium, whose DigiPass customer identification chips just completely failed and they couldn't make withdrawals as well as um, make any purchases, which that's a problem. 20 million cards. That's quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's a ton. And, you know, in the year 2000, if something like that happened, it wouldn't have really been super awful because there was, I mean, there. I'm sure there was an element of online shopping and online bill pay and all that stuff. Um, definitely not as mainstream as it is now, but leading up to 2010, you know, we're getting, we're getting current enough in date to where that definitely was, that definitely would have had an effect on, uh, the market on the online marketplace. Right. Right. Uh, and I think, I think I do remember the 2010 issue a little bit, um, Obviously, it's been a while since I've thought about it because it kind of fizzled away and went away. Um, not really on anyone's radar as of 2020. But uh, I think now now that I'm thinking about it, I do remember uh, reading some stuff about issues with the 2010 changeover. I think you're right. A little bit, a little bit fuzzy in my mind, but I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough to really remember what what the issue was until. Uh, until going through the show prep, <laughs> like right. someone just like, "Hey, what happened in 2010?" I'm like, nah, I, "I don't know." I mean, nothing. Something. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to go take the next section too? Uh, I think yeah. my last section was pretty long. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take some solutions. So, in terms of solutions for the Y2K problem. Um, when they kind of were doing preemptive corrective work, they would do something called date compression using binary to distinguish the century. So uh, kind of in the Gregorian you know, back of the programming sense, they would use binary to tell the computer that it's a new century. So we're not starting over like it's not the 1900s anymore. And the computer would be like, oh, OK. And then in that terms, it would like count up to 2000. Um, and then it would go from there, and that's how they kind of did that. And it seemed to work. Um, and then they also did a thing called date repartioning. So it would be kind of, instead of 
month, month, day, day, year, year, they did it six-digit codes, such as 1999 would be represented as 099, or 2001 would be 101. So it would be kind of counting up in that sense. Right. And then that seemed to work. Yeah, and no issue since, so it must have worked. Um, but I guess just a little bit of, I do have a little bit uh, more background on the date compression uh, with the binary um, because it's kind of interesting how this plays into the the storage allotments for uh, the old, you know, expensive computer storage. So, okay. I mean, the basis behind anything electronic at all is binary code. It's ones and zeros uh, indicating... Uh, bits and you can have two states of a bit on and off on is one right. off is zero so that's the basis of everything computerized anyway um, so what was going on initially is the date was the date even behind the scenes in the uh, embedded in the programming it was being stored as like the six digit code um, and then that code was translated even deeper in the program into the binary code that was actually being used to do the calculations and that's what's actually stored so in this uh date compression they changed it up a little bit so instead of basically going from the user level which would have been say january 1st uh of 1999 0101199 um, that would obviously would have been compressed down into uh, 010199 and then compressed, decompressed all the way down to binary. Um, they basically cut out the middleman. And okay. so the programs would be directly manipulating with the binary code rather than go, rather than having the six-digit code in the middle. And so it was, like like I just said, cutting out the middleman where... You're, we can work with the full date um, and not have to take up that extra storage of that six-digit code, if that makes That's sense. That's kind of cool, right, because you're, you're not adding more binary to make the six-digit code. Exactly. You're just changing the original binary right. that was there. So before. you might as well just look at the original binary, which has all of the information for the entire date, and it actually is taking up less space and less processing power than having to flop back and forth between the two all the time. Right. And do the conversion. That's cool. That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. So just to give a little bit of uh, explanation to the readers about, you know, what that, that date compression is actually doing. Right. Usually we don't come off smart here on the podcast, but today <laughs> Ben has absolutely got us. Uh, so thank you. Right. Thank you. Uh, you, you, you know, <laughs> I'll be here all week. I'll be back next week. Yeah. I'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> do you want to take the last two and just finish us up here, Big A? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Or I do you want that. me to take? Did you want me to take the documented problems? No, it's my turn. I'm taking documented problems. You can come up with a all response. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> too bad. In the United States, uh, 150 Delaware Lottery Racino slot machines stopped working. Uh, I guess maybe I should explain this section a little bit. These are the actual issues that we saw with the Y2K. Um, some of the most notable issues, I should say. So, uh, 150 Delaware Lottery Racino slot machines stopped working. Uh, the U.S. Naval Observatory, which runs the master clock that keeps the country's official time, 
Um, act- <laughs> what? <laughs> just, just, just finish the thought. This is crazy. Um, actually, it was screwed up and displayed the date on its website as the 1st of January, 19100. So 19100. Okay, out of all the subcommittees that were made, <laughs> the one place that keeps a master clock they didn't update correctly. Like, what's going on? What is what is this? Yeah, imagine that. The gigantic government bureaucracy worrying about everything else. <laughs> and then the US Naval Observatory screws it up. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, at the uh, Offutt Air Force Base uh, south of Omaha, Nebraska, records of aircraft maintenance parts could not be accessed for a short period of time. Um, which, I mean, of, of the three, that's probably one of the more uh, severe. Obviously, the Naval Observatory... I. The way it sounds to me is that the actual internal working, like it didn't screw anything up in the system. It was just displayed wrong on the website. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wasn't really a big deal. But, you know, the potential maintenance of aircraft uh, at an Air Force base is definitely, uh, that's a little sketchy. Right. Uh, so moving kind of on a larger scale a little bit in o- Ona Onagawa, Japan. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> Uh, an alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant at two minutes after midnight. Uh, like, I feel like that's not, that is not a good thing. No, that's not okay in any scenario. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you imagine? Like, I'm sure because it was probably like they, they took a bunch of precautions beforehand, got everything switched over, and now everyone's just sitting back waiting for the new year at, uh, right. you know, 1999 hits midnight. Everyone's like, all right, whatever, back to work. And then two minutes later, the alarms start going off. I bet people were losing their minds. I know <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> I can't even imagine. And then the funny thing was, there was actually another thing that happened in Japan, um, about a radiation test site, like a testing machine mm-hmm. that actually stopped working. It was supposed to like, you know, regulate it. So if it got bad, they knew to evacuate or alert people or do something, so that also stopped working in tandem with this nuclear power plant alarm going off. So I, Japan wasn't doing too hot after the Y2K. No. And I would imagine those are probably probably very related to each other, um, probably stemming from that testing device uh, not working, not giving the proper feedback to the power plant. Uh, right. And then the power plant, right. it's not getting a signal from the machine, so it starts freaking out. <clears throat> right. Um, and last of this section, just kind of rounding it out, uh, Microsoft Excel, uh, JavaScript, and uh, the C programming language uh, all experienced uh, problems across the board in handling dates. Right. It was just pretty much like, I think, like you were talking about, like the binary code was a little bit messed mm-hmm. up, so the program would read it differently and and think it was still in like 1900s or so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's, there is applications for this outside of personal computers, but this is mostly related to personal uh, equipment. Uh, Microsoft Excel, obviously, being data entry. JavaScript is uh, 
would have been scripting of websites and uh, C programming would have been kind of like the background programming of like Windows machines. Um, oh, okay. So, and that's most, mostly on the consumer side of things. So nothing, nothing super serious going on with any issues with that. Right. But all right, all right man, you finish bring up? us home. Am oh, I, you want me to finish the, here, we can both talk at the same time. Yeah, we'll read it in the tandem. same thing. <laughs> I'll start from the bottom. You start from the top. Okay. Oh, sounds good. We'll be in the middle. <laughs> All right. I'll just take responses and you wrap it up. At okay. The end. So in 19, <laughs> let's just stop arguing about it. And just someone take, <laughs> take charge. In 1999, the United States government responded to the Y2K threat uh, by passing the year 2000 Information and Readiness Disclosure Act. Of course they did. Uh, by working with private sector counterparts in order to ensure readiness and by creating internal continuity of operations plans in the event of problems. Uh, The effort was coordinated out of the White House by the President's Council on the year 2000 conversion. So I guess a little bit more backstory into what that was actually doing. The U.S. government followed a three-part approach to the problem with number one being outreach and advocacy, number two, uh, monitoring and assessment, and number three, contingency planning and regulation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gosh. A feature of the U.S. government outreach was Y2K websites, including Y2K.gov. Presently, many U.S. government agencies have taken down their Y2K websites, um, although some may actually still be available to access um, through the, through a, any public browser. Uh, That's really cool. We should find one and put one down in the show description. Program. Oh, that would be really cool, actually. Um, <laughs> each federal agency had its own Y2K task force, which worked with its private sector counterparts as well as communicating to other agencies task force and that whole thing right and i mean obviously there was a coordinated effort with individual governments around the world as well as just an international um workload taken upon to try and fix the problem as well like it wasn't just the u.s but one of the biggest problems or, or i guess proactiveness was within the u.s so yeah so, holy cow that was just that's a <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet there was like a team of a hundred people who worked for like six months, wasting six months time leading up to Y2K to come up with all of this stuff. Just the verbiage, just to write the freaking law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're like, okay, good. We've got that finally done. Like so so where are we at? We have approximately right. twelve hours until to get all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to I was about to say they just finished the bill on 9/9/1999. Exactly. <laughs> just waste all of that time. <laughs> all right, uh go ahead and round us out with some of the cost calculations. All right, this is absolutely 
crazy and absurd. So the total cost of the work done in preparation for Y2K is estimated at over $300 billion, which calculated in uh, 2018 money is $445 billion, uh, inflation taken into account as well. It was calculated that the U.S. alone spent an estimated $134 billion, $199 billion in today's money preparing for Y2K and another $13 billion on top of that fixing problems in 2000 and 2001 resulting from the switch. Worldwide, $308 billion or $457 billion today was estimated to have been spent on the Y2K uh, remediation or correction or preparedness, whatever you want to call it. Just an absurd amount of money. But, you know, if you think about it, with with the problems that have occurred with date coding in the past... I feel like it was probably worth it because who who would have known? You know, who could have known what could have happened? Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that uh, Noel and I were talking about a little bit before the before we started recording. As we always do, we get all our good material out before we start recording. Um, Absolutely. One of these times we should we should just mic ourselves and... <laughs> Yeah, we'll just yeah. We'll, we'll hot mic for like a half hour before we start the show. Um, <laughs> no, we were talking about how a lot. Of, looking back on this, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, that was crazy that anyone thought that that was going to be a big deal." And we talked, we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, talking about how you know we don't really remember it too much because it fills it out so fast after it happened that no one really talked about it afterwards. Um, and yes, that is true. It really didn't turn out to be that big of a deal, but. It could have been, and a lot of stuff was mitigated because of precautions taken beforehand. Um, Not exactly like Nolan said earlier, it's not like even if nothing had happened, it wasn't going to be a cataclysmic event um, that would have, you know, ended humanity or anything. It would have been an inconvenience for a while until everything got back online again. Um, Right. Especially in the year 2000 when everything was a lot less uh, online based. Um, but that being said, there were a lot more issues than people kind of give it credit for just because they were fixed either beforehand or they were fixed so quickly after the fact that it there just really wasn't a chance for anyone to, to notice a problem. Right. I mean, people thought there was computers even, you know, with the computers integrated into cars and things like that. Like they thought everything would stop dead, like cars would forget how to run. Um, yeah. you know, cell phones would die, like phones, nothing would work come one, one, 2000. Mm-hmm. So it was not as blown up of a disaster as people made it out to be, but it definitely could have messed some things up is if precautionary measures were not taken, which I'm glad that certain people that kind of understood what could happen in terms of coding and dates could have really messed up so they knew that yeah you know what it could be a problem but it's not as bad as uh bread turning stale overnight so <laughs> exactly <laughs> and you know even of all the problems that we talked about too people were worried about like you talked about the cell phones cars that sort of thing which don't get me wrong that's important but of the problems that popped up before like we talked about it was mainly banking and defense which right Though I mean, those are the ones that would have been super, super critical had anything actually happened. Um, everything else would have been 
a minor inconvenience uh, rather than, you know, total meltdown like uh, <laughs> banking. I mean, we would have had banking, even if it's down for a couple hours, we would have had a run on the banks. We would, would have had the banks running out of money, uh, people trying to pull their money out, basically, a, a, you know, a stock market meltdown. Uh, right. Which like another depression. Exactly. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. People breaking into radio shacks and. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. All right. I think that rounds out episode 84, all about the Y2K problem. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Again, Young Nostalgia, follow us out there on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, as always, we love to hear from you. Give us a five-star review. Uh, Give us a couple words on what you like about the show and what do you want us to keep on doing. You can email us directly at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com and let us know if you want a future show topic or want to be on the mic with Ben and I. Thank you so much for listening. Ben, anything else, big guy? No, I think that was a a fun show. You texted me uh, that show idea earlier this week and uh, I've been looking for it all week because it's definitely a little bit out of the the scope of what we would normally do and uh uh definitely was something interesting not a lot of people talk about especially in 2020 right absolutely 20 years later mm-hmm. just shortly 20 years later actually just a few weeks ago that's freaking nuts yeah that's crazy i love it all right man i think we're good here let me just find this play button for our wonderful <laughs> Intro and outro music, yes. you know, gotta navigate the interwebs. Yeah, yes. Stalling, stalling, stalling. Well, stalling, yeah. Nolan finds, <laughs> the, finds the music. <laughs> As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles up, Pete, and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.